The following is a presentation of Hogeye Sports Radio and is produced by Flat Creek Productions. Hey man, turn on the radio. Let's hear some tunes. From deep in the heart of Hogeye country, this is the Hogeye Sports Show. Oh, baby, they're lining it up. Is that all this thing will pick up? Of course. It's Hogeye Sports Radio. Welcome into another extraordinary episode of the Hogeye Sports Show. Michael Johnson and Josh Scott here again, recording live from the friendly confines of the Wildcat Den Studios once again in beautiful Livingston, Tennessee. We have to be recording live because you can't record any other way. I've said that every episode. I'm not sure if anyone's ever called us out on that. It's hard to be recorded. It's the only way you can record is live. And we have Wi-Fi in the DM finally, so that's a good day too. This week on the Hog Eye Sports Show, we're going to talk about uh, some favorite Major League Baseball players of all of our listeners. And since Wet was our top five on our last episode, we always are going to ask for people's opinions on our top five and give us their favorites. So this week it'll be who our listeners' favorite Major League Baseball players are. We'll talk about some sports outside of Livingston Academy in our usual first segment this week in the world of sports and we'll do another top five uh, later on at the end of this segment then we'll move on into some Livingston Academy spring sports results as those things got cranked up and are are rolling right along since our last episode was recorded so uh, Josh let's uh, let's start off with uh, what what we did last week or last episode we talked about favorite major league baseball players and then we did on social media, all of our social media outposts, we asked for some input on Hogeye fans' favorite Major League Baseball players. Who who we got? Yeah, you can tell when somebody's a fan of a team. Um, <laughs> got Ryan Sandberg, Kerry Wood, and Sammy Sosa, three Cubs. Um, got, a, got a Frank Thomas, the big hurt. Big hurt, yes. Oh, he could slam the baseball. Sammy Sosa. Got a lot of Chipper Jones. I think Chipper was the most popular player to probably ever play for the Braves. Uh, has to be yeah. outside of John Rocker, and that's because he was an idiot. Older fans might say Dale Murphy, you know, from the. You would think that it would be like a Hank Aaron or a Dale Murphy, but I think I mean, those generations don't use Facebook, Twitter, and probably Instagram not quite as much. Probably not. They they think Facebook's actually scanned face in a book. Um, <laughs> that's not then, how any of this works. You see that commercial? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Um, got a Reggie Jackson, Andy Pettit, and Aaron Judge mm-hmm. as a Yankee fan. Yes. Um, you got Greg Max, Tom Glavin, John Smoltz. Guess who they're fans of? Mm. Another Chipper Jones. Um, a couple, couple, or one of my guys said uh, any of the Cubbies, and I asked you if that included Bartman. <laughs> you know? And he said, yeah. And of course, I did a 30, 30 for 30 on Bartman, probably one of the best 30 for 30s, if you've yes. seen it, um, ever put out. Uh, he actually got a championship ring when they won the World Series a couple years ago. 
Um, you got a Mike Trout who, God bless, wow. 300, no, $430 million, right? Yeah, Something yeah. like that. No human to play a game deserves $430 million. He will make more per season than I think the Tampa Bay Rays' entire organization makes in a That's season. ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yes, he's great. He's a great baseball Five player. Five-tool player. But come on. Nobody. A Ken Griffey Jr., Cal Ripken, hey. Nolan Ryan. That was, somebody Nolan Ryan was somebody I almost included in my uh, <laughs> Somebody said, a friend of mine, Lennon Johnson, says, don't give a fl- single flying foul ball about baseball, or let's be honest, pretty much any sports ball. <laughs> but the big unit was the, but the big unit was a great player, and by golly, he's got the right surname. Hey, his he does. I would agree there. Yeah. Uh, but... You know, there, there's a, a, a meme or a, a gif on Twitter, and it's gif, by the way. Um, there, there's a meme out there where he's throwing that baseball, and it hits that little seagull or whatever <laughs> bird. It flies away and explodes. That's that awesome. That is awesome. I'd never fathom somebody throwing a baseball 102, 103 miles an hour until I saw that big left arm go through there. Man. Johnny Bench, Pete Rose. That's right. Be in the Hall of Fame? That's got to be someone who's on up there. Yeah, in, my, my friend Mike Johnson. In, in years. Uh, my friend Mike Johnson, Johnny Bench, Pete Rose, and Ken Griffey Jr. Um, that's, that was from my social. On the uh, Hog Eye Sports question, I didn't, I didn't get anything on Facebook. Did you get anything on Twitter? I got, IG? I got just a few on Instagram. Um and they came from uh, Ashley Osborne. She's a Braves fan. Chipper Jones, John Smoltz. Here's a name that hasn't been said yet. Raphael Furcal. You know what? He was, he could play. He for was a, a great player. Tom Glavin also. Uh, another Derek Jeter. Someone <laughs> chimed in with that. And another big hurt. Frank Thomas um, was added to the list. So and nobody nobody says Barry Bonds. I'm I get so sick and tired. He's a Hall of Famer. He's a favorite too. You, you can kind of tell about how old someone <laughs> is by what by their responses to Absolutely. that question. Absolutely. When you get a Johnny Bench um, from from my friend Mike Johnson up at York, you know that he's been watching the game or at least seen the game a long time ago. Absolutely. Because I have zero memories of Johnny Bench. <laughs> so I mean, that I say thanks for chiming in. We love seeing that. We have a few responses, and we're going to keep asking because we want to know what you want to hear us talk about. So, um, a lot of good choices there. I think Chipper Jones is obviously the fan favorite again. Sure. I think, and, and he's recent. Yeah. He had a long, great career. Absolutely. Played for one team, was loyal. Um, that number 10, I actually got to see him play in his last season down there. Mm. Um, it was a pretty cool moment. And um, I, I remember growing up over here at the city ballpark, played baseball over here. And 10 was the hardest number to get because of him. So, uh, you know, there was there was a lot of 9s and 8s and 11s, but uh, 10 was the most popular number. And it usually went to the best player mm-hmm. for that very reason. So, hey, shout out Shepard Jones if you listen to this. you got a lot of fans in Livingston and Overton County in the surrounding area. Friend of the show, Chipper Jones. That's right. Friend of the show. We're going to bring him on. Well, that'd be that'd be sweet. That'd be great. Hey, we, we hey, need to get I'll reach out. I'll reach out to anybody. Um, What's his name that does the FCA? Jackson White. Jackson White. Yeah. He got uh, he got Lane Kiffin. Lane we need Kiffin, to get him. We need to get Chipper him Jones. on the growl for Listen, uh, Jackson. Jones. I know you listen. Let's get on. <laughs> me and you will hook up. Let's get Chipper Jones in here. We'll talk a little FCA with him and talk about how he's got a big fan base up here too. All right. So uh, we're going to start now with this week in the world of sports outside of Livingston Academy. And so, what's the big thing going on in sports right now? 
March Madness, man. Absolutely. March Madness. We're recording on Friday night. Kicked off, well, yes, technically kicked yeah, off Tuesday. Tuesday but it, it, yes, that doesn't yeah. count. Yeah. The first round officially kicks off yesterday. and it's all, I thought it was a pretty wild day. A lot of people claimed it wasn't, but my bracket said it was. <laughs> I got a 12.1% bracket. Right wow. Yeah. And uh, so wild enough for me. You, you didn't pick enough upsets or I, pick the wrong I, yeah, upsets? I guess I didn't pick anything, apparently. <laughs> I mean, that's bad enough, but... Um, I, I honestly was pulling for Belmont. I had I wanted to see Yale beat LSU. Yeah, I, uh, definitely a Belmont fan. Uh, growing up, you know, there was a kind of a rivalry between Belmont and David Lipscomb. Yeah, and for some reason, I chose Belmont. I don't know why, but I've always been a Belmont closet Belmont fan. Yeah, I'd they, love to see them do well, even though they're in the same um, conference now as Tennessee Tech, right. and I am a, a alumni of Tennessee Tech, so I got to pull for my. My school that took all of my money. Well, they took three but, years of mine. But, <laughs> but uh, I do like to see Belmont play well, and I hope they keep going. I right? thought one of the surprises of the tournament so far was Minnesota beating Louisville the way they did, but that's Rick Patino Jr. Uh, I don't know if he's a junior or not, but goes back and gets a revenge game on uh, on uh, Louisville. Murray State, that yeah. kid can play. Absolutely. A triple-double. Um, so I seen. I think it's Clay Travis asked this. Who's better, him or uh, the Duke guy? What's his name? I, I'm not a Duke fan at all. Zion. Zion. Yeah. I don't think he's got a good jump shot, and then you nobody's made him go right yet all year long. Maybe it's because he's so athletic and nobody can. But John, man, that, first name basis, I guess. You know, we're we're best friends. Um, obviously, the key to getting whatever 14, 13 assists, whatever that was, was other guys making shots. If if they can make shots the rest of the tournament, he just gets to go out there and create. They can get to the Sweet 16. They've got a um, a favorable, I think, favorable matchup against Florida State um, to get there. Uh, Florida State's big, but if Murray can somehow find a way to shoot the basketball that they have. Um, That's another OVC team. Yeah. So. Yeah. And they're always good. They're always good. They always get good players. That shellacking of the day, and I think of the tournament so far, was uh, Oklahoma destroying yeah, Ole Miss they sure did. God, 95-72. Oregon is my sleeper pick to make a big run. Um, they destroyed Wisconsin. Uh, UC Irvine um, makes a big statement, goes and beats Kansas State. Um, you know, Iowa upset Cincinnati, which helps out the next team, Tennessee. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna mention that. Let's focus in on our uh, our big fa- fan favorite uh, team here that we both are big fans of Tennessee you know I, I don't really think it's fair that you know uh, NCAA it's an amateur sport right mm-hmm. it's not really fair that the team Tennessee played is sponsored by a toothpaste company <laughs> it's really unfair that they get all that toothpaste money <laughs> we're all crest users in the, in the state of that's Tennessee. right I, I do use crest I do let me too. just, that, let me just say I, I'm a crest the, guy and I was so glad that. to see Tennessee put the beating down on Colgate that they gave them today well it was a beating and all of a sudden <laughs> Colgate, that kid. Oh, did they play kid. in the second half? Did they play in the second half? Oh, my God. Because in the first half, it was a beatdown. We, we got brushed in the second half. All right. <laughs> Swept, brushed yeah. aside. Yeah. It was, we got a good clean. We'll put it that way. <laughs> because they came out and they shot the ball extremely well. I had made the comment before we come on. I made a note here as to life as a UT Athletics fan. Anything that goes good, if you're a Tennessee fan, you know this over the last 15 years. When something's going good, all of a sudden something crappy happens, mm-hmm. and it just kills everything. And I honestly thought, "Holy hell, here we go!" And they, I mean, they took the lead in the second half, and I'm thinking, "Up, oh, 
It was a great year. Mm-hmm. We're not defending the three ball at all. Uh, you know, the Auburn game was pitiful. Let's let's go back to that. So Tennessee beat Kentucky in the semifinals for of the, the SEC. second time. Yes, <laughs> beat beat Kentucky in the SEC semifinals. And to me, they beat beat them on Saturday. Had to then play Auburn on Sunday. They probably didn't go to sleep Saturday night. That's oh, a big win, yeah. You know, I mean, just I even if they weren't out partying, just all the you know the <laughs> adrenaline. It was late Saturday night too. From from doing that, I mean, you can't you can't make any excuses. Nope. But if you want to say the, some reasons why they didn't play well against Auburn, that's well, got to be one of them. Let's analyze big letdown. Not, yeah, well, big letdown. Let's analyze that though. They win it. They're number one seed, and guess where they're probably going? The West Coast. Mm. Who who in Knoxville or in Tennessee in general is catching a flight to go to Oakland? We're well, not going to fly on a seven thirty seven. Well, that's true. They're <laughs> the Max series. The, the Max, Max series, right? Um, but I think it worked out for them better to be a two. I don't think that's how they played. You're obviously playing to win every game. But I think once they realized we ain't got a shot at this or they're shooting so well, it's gonna be we're gonna have to spend a lot of energy here. They just said, uh, you know what? Let's get that two. We're gonna play in uh, Columbus. I mean it's a four hour, five that's hour. That's not bad. It's not bad. You know, we'll get a good fan base. The the worry for me when the brackets came out sure. was that Cincinnati was opposite there. And it's it would a, have been a de facto it's, home game. It's an hour and a half from Columbus to Cincinnati, Cincinnati, Columbus, whatever you want to say. And so it was one of those things, oh, crap. Thank you, Iowa. So luckily the Hawkeyes did us a favor Absolutely. There. But if we don't clean it up, this is a team that I feel like they said it in the presser yesterday that it's, you know, national championship or bust. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's Final Four or I bust. think it's Final Four or bust. It's, uh, uh, you get me to – you you get out. I don't think that Virginia is going to get out and make it to the lead eight. But if you make it to the final four and you play a Kentucky, a Carolina in the final four, I'm satisfied with that as a Tennessee fan. Now a lot of people are going to listen to that. That listen to us and say, "Oh, you're just satisfied with being in the final four. You don't want to win at all." Uh, we've never made a final. Four. We've never, never. And as a Tennessee four. fan, again, hell, I'm waiting for us to get bounced Sunday. You know, yeah. so. I mean, yeah, I would love to make the Final Four. And the bracket, I feel like we've got a favorable bracket. So go, let's go back in time to all the uh, the listeners who you know listen to us every week. You may remember we made some Final Four predictions, mm-hmm. and I predicted Tennessee, Kentucky on the same side mm-hmm. of the bracket in the Final Four. That's a possibility. It is, and it, it can be a big possibility. And I had, what I'd say, I said Michigan State, Gonzaga, Tennessee, and Carolina. Well, that can actually happen too. Oh, well. Because if I'm not now, I'm going to look here. Yeah. Michigan State's path to Final Four runs through Duke. Mm. If they got there and Gonzaga won out, they play Michigan State. Yeah. In the Final Four, if Tennessee wins out, can play North Carolina. If they win, they're set. Well. So how about that? You're still looking that's good at that bracket. It's not going to happen. Okay. <laughs> it's not, it's not going to happen. That's not how I – that's not what I picked on ESPN either, by the way. But uh, for this purposes, I mean, yeah, they're looking pretty good right there. Both looking pretty smart. I would love to see Tennessee Kentucky play each other again this year. I wish, was, I wish it was. I wish it was like in Atlanta. That would be great. Or if it was in Louisville, Ooh. I'd be okay if it was in Louisville. I mean, great if it's in Nashville again. Absolutely. <laughs> but I, I laugh because you know those Kentucky fans bought the Saturday tickets and the Sunday tickets. They called the Kentucky Invitational for a reason. We're going to be in the championship game, and nope. And I, I can't, I mean, got a good friend who's a Kentucky fan, John Law, good friend of mine, big-time Kentucky fan. 
And uh, you know, I'm just thinking, well, that's not been your year, bud. And 24 to 7 in football. Take two, lose two out of three in basketball. Um, but the tournament's so big. I wrote down some numbers. The average ticket price for the NCAA tournament, $258. Of course, that's crazy. Going on the back end, how expensive those Final Four National Championship tickets are. Distracted employers, you'll like this one. Or distracted employees, sorry. Cost employers an average of four billion dollars during that during that NCAA tournament. You know, um, loss of productivity. I saw a, a news story about that. That the, you're correct. It crossed a lot of, but it, it improves the morale. Yeah. Of uh, so uh, you know, and that was, that was on News Channel Five. That's where I heard that. It was mm-hmm. on News Channel Five, and they were talking about how it improves employee morale. And at the end, they had to throw a little thing in there saying. Oh, by the way, it's currently illegal to bet on yes. uh, this in the state of Tennessee. That needs to change. Yeah, I agree. I, um, they need to say. Um, don't tell anybody I bet on it. They need to. They need to. They need to pass a law that says it's not. You know, change that law. Well, I mean, I, it, it, listen. To, there's over ten billion dollars on your on your point betted on the NCAA tournament. Guess how much of that's illegal. Ten billion dollars. Nine point seven billion dollars are illegally just the few people that live in Las Vegas. But it. But then I mean, breaking down numbers, we talked before we come on how great it'd be if Nashville got to host a Final Four. Maybe when they build this big soccer stadium, ninety-four thousand fans will attend the Final Four, mm. and uh, that requires two thousand volunteers. It makes a hundred and forty-two million dollar impact on Minneapolis, Minnesota this year. Minneapolis, Minnesota is middle of nowhere. And they're going to make $142 million just off the final four. 60 million brackets made. Over 60 million brackets, the average. You have two times more of a chance to get back-to-back winning lottery ticket. Back-to-back. Then you do a picking a perfect bracket. Are there any perfect brackets left? Uh, I haven't I, checked we that. To, we should have looked that up before we started. I haven't started. checked that. But here's, here's a crazy stat. One, you have a one and 9.2... Quintillion. I don't know how many of the quins that is. I don't have a clue. A bunch of zeros. 9.2 quintillion. 1 in 9.2 quintillion chance of a perfect bracket. Mm. So and I'm sorry to tell you, your bracket is perfect. Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> there's no doubt about that. So, let's move on from March Madness to uh, some other important sporting events. Uh, recently, let's, let's do my favorite sport, soccer. Uh, breaking news, not really, breaking news from a couple of days ago, the Nashville Soccer Club, which will be moving to MLS next season, has uh, delayed the start or the opening date for their brand new down, it ain't really downtown, Firegrounds uh, Soccer Stadium. Instead of opening it in 2021, they will now open it in 2022. The article I read said a lot of fans weren't surprised. Were you surprised that it No, I didn't delayed? think they would ever make it. Uh, and That's a big stadium to build in a year and, and a half. Yeah, they need to take their time and do it right. Uh, I think that's I think that's what they're trying to do. But so let me transition to, you know, I know most people don't know anything about Premier League soccer in, in England, but uh, a team that is the arch rival of my favorite team, Tottenham, they built a new stadium. And they wanted it to open this season, which started in August of last year for them. Mm-hmm. It still hasn't opened yet. Oh, wow. Hmm. They're going to open it in April. And I think that's what they were talking about there is they could open it but, maybe next year, but you'd be in the middle of making a transition. It, it, you know, it's going, to take, it's going to always take longer than you think it is. Oh, absolutely. So pushing it back <laughs> is a great idea. And they say it's supposed to be the largest soccer-specific stadium in, in the, country. the country. That's awesome. 
And I, again, that's where I go back. Maybe the maybe you get a final four. I think it's got a roof there. I right? think well, uh, it's not going to have a roof over the whole thing because it's going to be natural grass. Oh, never mind. Um, and uh, the reason it's going to be so big is Vanderbilt's going to play a few games there. Yeah, I saw that. And I think uh, SEC rules require thirty thousand seats, which is why it has to. It's going to be that size. That's pretty good. Bring me a WrestleMania there too. That'd be sweet. Yeah, they're they're going to host some other things there. There'll be concerts there galore. Absolutely. And that, and that makes that makes a big deal for concert goers because um, you've only got so many days. The Nissan Stadium is available mm-hmm. as an artist if you mm-hmm. want to play there. Now you got two possibilities sure, there. Sure. So that's big. Uh, other soccer news, last night on Thursday, the U.S. men's national team played Ecuador to a 1-0 victory in, uh, I, think I, better. In, I think it was in Florida. Yeah, this was the first time that the new uh, coach mm-hmm. for the U.S. men's national team had the full uh, roster. roster available to him, because this was the first international break from regular mm-hmm. team soccer, club soccer, mm-hmm. and he had his big guys like Christian Pulisic, he's the best mm-hmm. soccer player yeah, yeah, yeah. for the United States. He made a recently made a transfer. He's the most expensive American soccer player ever. Let's go. And he, there's a lot of other young talent that played in that game last night. I watched part of it. You're going to watch the whole thing. But uh, they play again on Tuesday versus my favorite team to say, Chile. Chile. That's the correct pronunciation. Uh-huh. Not Chile. I always thought That's it was what Chile. you eat. It's Chile. I, I'd hate it. I don't the country. That's what I call it. <laughs> hey, my Spanish teachers weren't very good, all right? <laughs> I think they probably speak Portuguese there, but... Um, oh, never mind. I didn't have one of those teachers. I barely had an English teacher. They, they could speak... I don't know what, what language they speak there. But, um, so that's my, my soccer update. Uh, hey, we're getting those in, too. We're getting those soccer updates absolutely. in. Absolutely. I'm going to keep plugging away Let's until go. everybody... Somebody's going to... Tunes me somebody's out. Somebody's going to listen to Coach Cody Williams. Somebody on the soccer team needs to come to you and shake your hand for throwing soccer at it. At hey, every it, it, is, it is my... And, we're gonna do a top five here in a few minutes, and I've got a I've got a soccer moment to to go over. But uh, let's talk about one more thing before we move to our top five this week, and that is coming soon to a it city near you. Let's that it city being Nashville, the NFL draft. It's free, free ninety nine to go. <laughs> free, 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 free. And yeah, and I mean. Everybody thinks it's the draft and it doesn't matter. Oh, there won't be nobody there. That place will be packed. Absolutely. I mean, it's going to be an event. I mean, it's an event for three days. And they're going to have concerts. Tim McGraw opening open on uh, the first night. Dirks Bentley open, or closing the thing down the last night. Those are two great artists, Absolutely. two great shows right there. And who knows who's going to join them. So that's that's the party element, plus Broadway and the whole yeah, honky-tonk Let's get having a party. Bachelorette party. Bachelor, be, capital of the world. There'll be 200 bachelorette parties on NFL Draft Weekend. <laughs> and there'll probably be people that are attending. Some guys are like, hey, you going to get married on April or whatever? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, all right, well, <laughs> we go to Nashville. We'll do the party and just do it all in one weekend. Yeah. They'll have and some, brides, some bride didn't look at the calendar and was like, sounds great. <laughs> and he's going to be at the draft all weekend. I don't know how many of you Hog Eye fans have been to Nashville recently, but they're going to have to bring in a lot more bird scooters. Oh, my God. I love those things. <laughs> those are phenomenal. They're bringing, uh, what was it? They're doing something else, too. Um, not the bird. They're doing bird scooters. they got another thing they're offering. Something. It might be like a, it's not a four-wheeler. Well, no, that, that has been, they have been oh, some four that's, that's some bad stuff right there. But there's something else they got going on. Boys, 
if you drove an Uber in Nashville that weekend, he would make a kill. Oh, absolutely. And it'll be a lot of people can't drive because they're drunk, obviously. But that's going to be a party. And a lot of NFL teams, obviously, Holland's going to be there. You're going to have big wigs spending money Shoot, down there. Yes, You're going to yes. have NFL owners and GMs spending, dropping a ton of cash in, in Nashville. It's going to be a great thing for the city of Nashville, the state of Tennessee. I need uh, to figure out what I can go pedal down there. More, more exposure. Oh, yeah. You know. And you said it's the it city. It is. The the, it you go down there, they're, they're growing. Yeah. The, uh, con, the the Where they're doing the draft at, the uh, what's it called? Music City Center. There we go. I mean, that adding that hasn't been <clears throat> phenomenal for them. Yeah, a lot of people just crushed Carl Dean. He was the Nashville mm-hmm. mayor for building that thing. I've had several conferences there at that at that thing. I had one every, every summer. It's a great, hey, great sporting event. No, great, uh, great place to go. Your child might be into this. Your children might be into this. Mine are. They've got the World Slime Convention coming <laughs> there in, in a couple of weeks. Like it's in the first week of May, and I'm thinking, what? But that's the kind of things that's it's drawing. I mean, and they're going to make money off that too, because you're going to have people go and, and spend money. That's the smartest thing that they've probably built in the last ten years, without question. Yeah. So NFL draft, go see who the Titans flop on. Maybe is yeah. The word. Uh, they they don't do very good in the draft. So they they haven't something. done well in free agency. I don't think. Yeah. I mean, they've they had a maybe lot this of maybe this year will change. It's it's in their home state. Maybe make a splash. Make a splash. Yeah. Know, make I'm a big not, trade. Maybe they get boy, the first pick in the draft. I've got a bad joke, but I'm just going to say it anyway. I'll get crushed for this. I know he's not going to make the pick ball in the first round. Steve McNair. Yeah, you got a little chuckle there. It'll be Eddie George, somebody like that. It'll be Jeff Fisher. I'll tell you that. I'm Captain 8 and 8. If they get the eighth pick, maybe. But uh, <laughs> I'm going to get crushed for that. I know it. I don't even care. He sucked. But uh, <laughs> yeah, they should. They should. Uh, they should probably let like Andrew Luck make the pick for him because he owns him. You know, pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty good. He ain't, he ain't lost to him. No, it'll be good. I think Kyler Murray is not going number one. I think he messed his whole world up. Just so you know. <laughs> I'm up. <laughs> that was the okay. joke. <laughs> okay. Just making sure. <laughs> Mike got me in for reference. Everybody's got it. Mike just right on a piece of paper and says, McNair is dead. <laughs> I wasn't sure. I wasn't picking up whether that was sarcasm or not. <laughs> if you know me, you know that's the most sarcastic thing I could have said. And it's terrible. And that's why I'm, I'm doing the things I do. But they wrote on the paper, McNair is dead. <laughs> All right, let's move on and wrap up this week in the world of sports with our top five. This week's top five. I'm sure all of our fans are on the edge of their seats waiting is our top five greatest sporting moments in your life. Hey, let's stagger this. Okay. I'll go, you go. Okay. That way we don't do that. Sure. Great. You go, go ahead. Going, go. All right. <clears throat> number five. It's Livingston Academy related. Well, my, my number five is Livingston Academy related too. Let's go. Well, my great minds think alike. Uh, Chase Dunn versus John Jenkins at Donaldson Christian Academy 2008. Region semifinals. Mm. Chase puts up a record 49 points. I think John scored like 38. The back and forth, Livingston Academy as a newer program to being that deep in the tournament, um, had to go through the, the state's best player to get there. Mm. Um, as Livingston Academy's first um, state tournament appearance in, what was it, 10, 11 years? Long time. Time, 12 yeah. years? 97, I think. So 11 years. Time, yeah. 
Um, but had to go through John Jenkins to get there. What a show. If you were there, you will, you know what I'm talking about. Just buckets galore between those two. Livingston Academy had by far the better team uh, come away. You know, they had some college mid-journey McLaren buckets there and uh, prevail. But what a show between those two right there. All right, so my number five is also Livingston Academy related. And I said top five greatest sporting moments. This is a long, long moment. The 2005 L.A. football season. The entire season. Roller coaster. Of course, now it ended great. Oh, yeah. But it was a heck of a roller coaster to get there. You go from two or three yards away from not even making the playoffs to defeating David Lipscomb in the championship game for the one and only football state championship for Livingston. we got to get somebody in here to play on that team. I've already said this before on the podcast. We need to do a oral history of the 2005 season. Players and coaches get them in here. Big round table discussion, and and knock it out. That might be a summertime deal. You know, when we, we ain't got much else to talk about, and yeah. just do maybe a two part yeah. two part episode. Yeah. I, do a regular it, season and a playoff. As a fan, the, I'm sure the you know I know I was there. The emotions of like, oh, well, this is. But as a player, what goes through your head? I don't sure. know where all those guys are at now. All but, kinds of stories we could tell. Yeah, we might even do. We might even just start the summer and just do a whole series and just take it game by game. Yeah. It'll be 15 sure. weeks. Well, if we can get the film on that and break down and just watch film and go back to that moment and get that player of that game and bring them in, hey, what did you see here? What do you think? That'd be fun. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's my number five. What's your number four? <clears throat> number four, wrestling fans, if you're out there, The Undertaker getting this WrestleMania streak broke by Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 30, well, I guess it's in 32. And no. 31, 30, 30, New Orleans. Was uh, As a wrestling fan, I'm a big fan of The Undertaker, The Dead Man, The Lights Out, The Bells, The Lightning. I never thought that streak would get it beaten. And newcomer, I guess not newcomer, but fresh out of UFC, Brock Lesnar. I mean, we all know it's sports entertainment. It's kind of scripted, but uh, nobody saw him winning that thing. And he hits the finisher for the last time. That he won, two, and... You're like, oh, okay, you just take it for granted that Undertaker's kicking out. Three. What? Mm-hmm. 22 and 0, and all of a sudden. And so, for me, an emotional moment was like, what in the world just happened here? And so, the, like, the whole, I, there's memes galore. There's a guy out there that had big eyes, and he made a ton of money off of that. But Undertaker's streak at WrestleMania 30 getting broken. That's great. Uh, number four for me. Uh, something I watched recently on. Um, ESPN's 30 for 30. If you've never seen these ESPN 30 for 30s, play $5 a month subscription to ESPN Plus. You can watch every one of them. Get on. That's my plug for ESPN. You're welcome. Now give me some money. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) We'll take four ninety nine back. All right, so um, Deion Sanders, mid-90s. I think it's 92, 93, 94, sometime in that time frame. I didn't look it up. Played two games. The same day. The same 24-hour period. He actually played it. He was actually at three games in two days. He only played in two of them. He played in the, I don't think it was World Series. I think it was. No, it was a championship series. Championship NLCS. <laughs> but he played for the Atlanta Braves. Then he flew to Miami and played for the Atlanta Falcons in a football game. Then flew back to New York. I think he was playing the Mets. I don't remember. He flew back north somewhere. And sat on the bench for another game that night. So he was at three different 
top of the world sporting events. He was a freak in in two two days, less than forty eight hours. Absolute freak athlete. Yeah, that that's just an unbelievable accomplishment that no one else will ever do. No, now there's been other baseball players and football players at the same time. I didn't play. Bo Jackson, you know, yeah. he he was a football and baseball player, but that's. Since since uh, Sanders, that's kind of went away. No one else has ever done that. They talked about Kyler Murray trying to do that. It's not going to happen. He sucks at football. So, um, so my number three coming off of that baseball wise, the Red Sox coming down, coming back from down three games to nothing, mm-hmm. the two thousand four ALCS, Yankees losers, Poppy's home run, Dave Roberts steal, get hot, win four in a row, bang, go out there and sweep. Whoever it was, nice Cardinals, Rockies, whoever it might be, might have been, win the World Series. But I just remember watching that at, at home, the, the wildest thing ever, and nobody had ever done it. And um, I had that wrote down as my number four and changed it. Yeah, it was a wild moment in sports, um, just because it's never been done. You just kind of it's just, a, I guess, an afterthought of them even thinking about maybe winning two games and come back and win four, and then I guess they won eight in a row right there. Hmm. Uh, Amazing little run right there. I'm a Red Sox fan, so I had number three. My number three is the hobnail boot versus the Georgia Bulldogs, 2016. Game's over. Yeah. So did I mean the the roller coaster ride? We just talked about yeah. the 05 football so, roller coaster ride. So before you go further, that was my number two. So Ooh. let's talk about it. Well, let's talk about it then. All right, great. Yeah. So, we both had it. Yeah. We almost yeah. both had yeah. two because yeah. I almost had the. Uh, the 04 Red Sox. Yeah, so the roller coaster to get there is Tennessee had Georgia has the ball. Easton's quarterback. It's like fourth and forever. Fourth and forever. Yes. Literally. What's the What's the one thing you tell your defensive backs? Don't Don't, don't let anybody don't get, get behind beat. you. Don't get, don't get beat. beat. Tackling. Tackling. Absolutely. They've got like what is it? Seven seconds? Eleven seconds? I don't even know what it is without looking it up. Okay. And we're we've always been bad at this last ten years. Let dude run behind us, and he well, just slings it. The Tennessee defensive back quits. Yeah, he just gives up on the He gives that. up. He's like, oh, game's over. Yeah. Do, do, do. Yeah. And dude runs by him, touchdown. And I, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, and I'm in my mom and dad's living room, you know, we at the time grilling out and, and hanging out, watching ball games together. And I'm thinking, I'm excited. Hey, we, what in the hell just happened? And, of course, Jordan, you know, <clears throat> The hedges, everybody's going nuts. Tennessee, the sideline, dejected. Like, what the As a fan, I know you're probably the same way I am. Are you serious? Yeah. Like, this this just happened. Got a great team. Got a great year building here. Just beat Florida the week before. If that would have happened last year, I'd have turned the TV off right then. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But in 2016, I didn't. I didn't either. And I said, and here's why. So they score. And they celebrate excessively yes. and get the fifteen yarder. So right. I'm thinking, hmm. Yeah. All right, Kamara's going to return the kick. What do we? Can we just run it back? Yeah. All right, we can just you run it back. You got to run it back. That's so, what I'm thinking too. So here's here's the pop. There have been like 11, 12 seconds there. Kamara gets the kick and returns it to like whatever it ended up being in the forty seven yard line. Basically midfield. Yeah. And I'm thinking, whoo, whoo, we'll just throw it up. Let's go. Let's throw it up. Because I mean, the fifteen yard penalty's hung. Of course, they're still celebrating. They're excited. They think it's over. Was it you four know, seconds? I, it, it wasn't many seconds. It was just nothing. So, the result of that last play, there's a great picture that was taken of Juwan Jennings going up mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm, making the mm-hmm. catch that I thought, I need to get that blown up and put on my wall. Yeah. How great of a moment. Because that's, that's one of my top five favorite sporting moments of yeah. my lifetime. And 
you got Dobbs back, Dobbs heaves it, and then of course the both of them, the TV broadcast sucked. The radio broadcast sucked worse. What a turn of events. What a turn of events. We've already discussed that on here. And I'm just like, huh? I mean, I didn't hear it. I was obviously watching it live. Here was my reaction. I'm standing in my, I'm standing up because I, I watch a lot of Tennessee games standing up. If, if people ever seen me, I, I can't sit down. And I'm on the edge, you know, like I'm just sitting there pacing. Ball goes in the air. Like everybody in my living room, my mom and dad's living room stands up. All right. And I've got two sisters. They're 13 and 12 right now. So we're talking two, three years ago. They're 10 and 9, okay? So, ball goes up. I'm watching like everybody else. Holy hell, what's going to happen here? We come down with it. And, like, I celebrate. And as I celebrate, I just turn and I tackle the 10-year-old <laughs> into the couch. And everybody's excited. Everybody's going crazy. And that's why, for me, it's my number two because I had it as a family moment as well. My daughters were there, too. Everybody's just so excited. Like, this just happened. And especially we touched on Final Four stuff, uh, being a Tennessee fan, it never goes right. So I'll tell you my, my reaction. I was sitting in my man cave basement that I've got uh, and watching it on, on television. And the ball goes in the air. I'm, I, I'm sitting there pretty calm, you know. I'm just sitting there on, on the couch. And when when I see that Jawan Jennings comes down the ball, here's my exact reaction. I said, holy <laughs> But that's that that's what I said, and I just couldn't believe it. Well, there were a lot of beats in my living room that day, <laughs> and uh, I'll just put it that, that way. So, you go and right, that's so, my number so two. That, so that's your number, your number two. two. Here's my number two. I'm sure everybody's expecting it. I got a soccer event in my top five. So, I'm a big World Cup guy. I've been watching the World Cup since 1994. That's when I can first remember paying attention to it. And so, the United States has never been very good. They rarely get out of the group stage. You have to win... Uh, you have to play three games to go to the knockout round, mm-hmm. which is like the March Madness mm-hmm. round. Mm-hmm. So in 2010, which was held in South Africa, the land of the Vuvuzelas, if anybody remembers that, uh, the uh, <laughs> U.S. men's national team was playing Algeria, and they had to score a goal. I remember this moment. To make it to the next to the knockout round. And it's very near the end of the game. It's in stoppage time, which means it's actually past 90 minutes. So it's do or die. And so uh, Algeria actually has a chance on goal. They shoot, and Tim Howard, who you mentioned earlier uh, before we started recording, he makes the save, and he launches the ball way out to midfield to a streaking Landon Donovan, best player in U.S. history. history. And he passes it to, uh, I think, Josie Altidore possibly. And then Josie (laughs) hits uh, Clint Dempsey, another great player. And he shoots on goal, and you think, all right, we're going to make it. And the Algerian goalkeeper stops it. You're like, oh, no, there was our chance. We're going to lose. But then the ball bounces away from the keeper. Landon Donovan comes in, strikes the ball, back of the net. United States wins, moves on to the knockout round. And one one of my favorite sporting moments of all time, obviously it's number two, but just the the elation oh, yeah. of, you know, you're just on the edge of your seat for 90 minutes going, come on, you've got to score. And they finally do it. That's the thing about sports. That's what brings, when people talk about all the time sports, the one thing bring people together, that those moments, those feelings, the adrenaline, adrenaline if I can get it out of there, you get it, uh, that you get from uh, those moments and the way that always in your mind, fresh. And that leads me to my number one. All right, what is it? The redemption kick from, what did he say? Uh, 
I can't remember what Bob's call was, but Jeff Hall misses an extra point, 2004 versus Florida, mm. misses an extra point. Okay, Florida goes down and scores. Tennessee gets the ball back. Granted, at this time, it's, a, it's still a big game, but Florida had our number a little bit, needed this game, I think, to get – it's always the SEC, championship, SEC East championship game. Mm-hmm. Was in those days, yeah, and uh, we're talking was like 48, 49 yards, and you're thinking this dude missed an extra point. Yeah, that's exactly how they called the game. He just missed an extra point. Let's see what happens here. Sinks that dude right through. Yeah, that was a great moment. And down from the goalpost. Great. Let's go. The place goes nuts. Uh, So that my number one is Jeff Hall um, making the kick against Florida to beat the Florida Gators, my arch rival in football. So, so my number one also is UT football, and it would be a tie basically between the UT Florida game in 1998, the UT Arkansas game in 1998 at the end when the Sterner, oh my goodness, you know, Sterner yep. stumbles and fumbles. Stumbles and fumbles. Oh gosh. And Thank then uh, <laughs> to wind good. it up, the UT winning the national championship. January of 1999. Unbelievable moment that I don't think we'll ever see again. It ain't looking good. But we got to, I feel like we got the right man up there to do some work, but such a hard thing to do now. First ever BCS national champions. Absolutely. I mean, you'd think that Peyton would be undefeated. Yeah, you think 13 and 0. You think the year before, they, if they beat Nebraska for the national, is it Nebraska? Yeah. Yeah, Nebraska. If they beat if they had beaten Nebraska the year before, Peyton would have been a national champion. Jamal Lewis goes down mid season, yeah. and you think it's over. Over. I mean, there's no chance. And just a team that, that's, John Ward said it a bunch, team of destiny. Absolutely. Maybe that's what John Ward's are. last season. It was his last ever football game rest, to cover. Rest in peace, John Ward. What a way to go out. I mean, he did do some basketball games after uh, that. It wasn't Reggie Jackson's. Not Reggie Jackson. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. The guy from ABC. Keith Jackson. Keith Jackson. Yeah. He was, I don't think it was his, but it was one of his final big games that he did. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I remembered I was I was a younger kid at the time, but I do remember the, the throw to Martin down the field. He'd yeah. gone. Or not Martin. Martin or Price. Price, yeah. Um, but that defense was so good. If we can get back that, that way defensively, we're going to be – we All right. Might win more games than we lose. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't hurt. All right. So that is our top five. We will uh, ask you guys what are your yeah. favorite sporting moments. We Please please reply on our social media po- outposts. Send us a, a voice message on our Anchor app and tell us what your favorite sporting moments of your lifetime are. All right. So that will wrap up this segment of the Hog Eye Sports Show. And we'll be back to talk some Livingston Academy Spring Sports right after this. Hey, man. I said, hey, man. What are you doing? Oh, sorry. I had my headphones in. I was listening to a podcast. Podcast? Which one? Uh, the Hog Eye Sports Show. The Hog Eye Sports Show? Where, where do they record that podcast with that name? Man, it's recorded in Hog Eye Country, which is... About 12 miles north of Cookville, located in beautiful Livingston, Tennessee. Oh, yeah. It's the podcast that's recorded in the middle of a cow pasture. And we're back on the Hog Eye Sports Show, and we're going to discuss some Livingston Academy spring sports now. There's a lot of stuff going on in the spring. 
There is soccer, softball, baseball, track and field, tennis, and a few fishing tournaments also going on this spring. And we'll try to break down some of the stuff that we have results for and, and games that we know have taken place. We don't have uh, a ton of information on all this stuff, but we will try to give you some scores and some updates uh, as best we can. Information we've got. A lot of sports going on. I feel like we do as good of a job as anybody covering it outside of the papers, mine in general. Um, <laughs> but we got soccer. Hey, Livingston County boys, soccer. A tough year last year to go 4-10. and 10. But this year, uh, he already started, you know, with some success. Traveled to uh, Gatlinburg last weekend, take part in the Smoky Mountain Cup. Um, I'm, I'm familiar with that because the girls' team played in it in the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, girls, I think, finished second this year. Boys won the whole thing. First place, yeah. First place in their division. So, hey, great, great job. Absolutely. And you've got the teams they beat. Yeah, so they played three, three Tennessee teams. Uh, Livingston played uh, Rockwood and won by a score of three to one over Rockwood, and they also played a team from West Ten- East Tennessee named West Green, and they defeated them by a score of one nil, one to nothing. And then to round out their uh, time up in Gatlinburg, they played a battle of the academies: Livingston Academy versus Northview Academy, another East Tennessee team. Livingston Academy came away with a win in that game, three to nothing. So outscored their opponents seven to one over those three games. Pretty, uh, pretty good run out there. Pretty nice, pretty nice. Uh, so they were presented with a, uh, a championship banner. Uh, had their picture plastered all over the place, and uh, hey, next year come back and defend the cup, man. Absolutely got to. Got to. Don't have an update. They played, um, I was looking for one. Um, they played White County Monday. Uh, the weather was good, I think. So they had to, had to get played. And I think they played Upperman on Tuesday um, at Cookville, which is weird. Why don't they just play the game at Upperman? Maybe they don't have a field or I don't know. I don't, I don't know either. All that money went to basketball, I guess. I don't know. Um, but don't have an update from that. I was looking at their Facebook page. Not a, not a result there. Um, but. Um, here's what it is. Hey, the winning the tournament in general, big deal. Uh, so congratulations, Coach Katie Williams does both. Absolutely. Coach Steve Hutland, uh, her assistant, they both uh, women's and men's soccer at Livingston Academy do a really good job. Um, Got to figure they'll probably improve on four and ten. They're already three and well, they already won three games. They're, know they're, they're definitely three and zero oh to start the season. At least, and then two results this week. So they've at least still got a winning record if they lost both. Of That's those right. Games. So, uh, good luck to them as they get things started. Um, you know, they obviously want to improve, and she feels like they got a chance. By reading what was in our Open to County News this week, they feel like they've got a really good shot to at least be better than what they have been. Um, so, good luck to them. Absolutely. Transition to uh, softball, you know. A softball team uh, started out great in some preseason stuff. We talked about, what, 64 to nothing over three teams. Monster. Monster. That's, uh, that's pretty impressive. But then they started the season uh, this past uh, past couple of weeks. I played a doubleheader uh, at Clay County. Cannon. Cannon County, district opponent, Cannon County, and uh, come away with two big wins, right? Well, yeah, and they, the, the runs continued. They go and beat Cannon County game one, 14 to two. Mm. Game two, seventeen to twelve. 
So don't I mean, maybe the defense kind of lacking there. Maybe Cannon maybe got switch, hot. Switch pitchers, switch too. pitchers, whatever it might have been. But hey, those runs, those results. You scoring thirty one runs in two games, probably gonna have some success up there. Yeah, you keep hitting the ball. That's uh... <clears throat> yeah. And, you know, just just reading through our story here, uh, written by Mac, uh, talks about talks about Summer Spears having a, a hit. I don't know if that's in the total or how this all works, but anyway. Yeah, I guess it wasn't the first game. She drove in three runs. Um, Jordan Key scored three, the three three runs. Abby Ledbetter scored twice. Drove in two. Ashton Hicks had an RBI. I'm trying to go through and just grab some names. Uh, I know a lot of people love hearing names, and hey, I'm with you. I write it, and I try to get as many names in as possible. Um, looks like Key led them in, in uh, the second game. Had four runs on four hits and had two RBIs, so obviously she's doing some good things. Summer Spears with another RBI. A lot of familiar names, obviously. You know how they get this works. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're in the lineup and they're they're scoring runs. You're probably gonna hear their name a lot. Allie Qualls uh, gets two RBIs in the second one. Uh, but hey, thirty point runs go with a sixty four. That's impressive. I mean, we're talking about. Talking about softball. I don't care who you play. Yeah, we're not talking about basketball. We're talking about softball. I don't care who you play. You can, I mean, you can go there and play slow pitch. 17 runs is, is a lot of runs. Yeah. A lot of runs. Absolutely. But, hey, start that two up, two two big district wins right out of the gate. doesn't matter who you're playing. The district games matter the most. And to get two out to catch is, is really good. And it seems like they went to Hendersonville, played in the tournament down there, and just probably outgunned a little bit. Um you know, they played some really good competition. And if I know the program, you know, and, and coaches like I feel like I do and, and the expectations is always, you know, make a run, probably asked to play some good teams. Mm-hmm. And uh, just look at these names. If you know anything about Tennessee athletics, uh, you're going to hear, you know, Riverdale, Clarksville, Portland, and White House. Uh, you coach softball at one time. Those teams have always been pretty good. Absolutely. And you, and you think about we'll Riverdale, Riverdale. Clarksville. Yeah, Riverdale, that's a – Two athletic teams and nothing else. Um, you know, so they go over down there, um, go over four. But hey, uh, Mac talks about how they got how they got good experience out of it, and probably so. You play better competition, you got to figure out a way to survive. Um, but the bat's cool, it seems like. And then this week, this past week, they got their first district win at home. Uh, we only know that they won. We don't know the result or any any info or stats from the game, but they defeated DeKalb County. And speaking of good teams, yeah, uh, Cab County has always been a great softball team. What's the dude's name in there? Danny Vaughn? Danny Bond. Bond. That's and it. I'm not sure if he still is the nope, coach. I don't think so. I think he retired. But he, he set the standard for what all the other teams were going to be uh, around here. Uh, measured by mm-hmm. around here. So, I agree 100%. Uh, defeating DeKalb County is a, a heck of a, a accomplishment. And, and they were supposed to have played a game versus York this week, but I believe uh, Rain knocked that game out and be played uh, – on next week's schedule, I believe. So, softball teams got off to a pretty good start, especially in the district. 3-0 in the district, that's big. 3-0 in the district, yeah. yeah it's, you get get on teams early. I mean, you, how many teams are there in the district? What? Should be the same as Seven, uh, eight. basketball. Should be eight. the same as basketball. So, you're going to play 16 district games. You're already almost a quarter way through, and you're undefeated. Yeah. you got to feel pretty good about that. And those bats, man, if they can keep those bats hot. I know what well, I feel like, again, just – Talking to people and hearing things, maybe pitching is one of those things they're not really. Maybe they don't have a consistent pitcher that they've had in years past. But you've got those bats, mm-hmm. so if you can just get somebody up there and maybe they allow four or five, 
you got to hope that you out hit people and just outscore them. That's right. right. It turns into we call it in basketball a track meet, <laughs> and maybe that's what you maybe that's what you're trying to get into. Speaking of track, we'll we'll get to track here in a few minutes. Yeah. Uh, but let's uh, let's transition now to baseball. And if I've got my schedule correct here, uh, they've played two weeks, four games each week, so they should have played eight games so far this season. Yeah, they would have played tonight at Red Bowl, and we don't have that result. Well, it's Friday night here, but. They absolutely smoked Red Bowling two weeks ago, or last week. I mean, absolutely killed them. They beat them by 20. They beat them by 20, 20 to nothing. So, you got to figure, we probably did pretty good in that. Yeah, so first game of the year, they started off against Monterey, and Monterey is a perennial power, perennial powerhouse yeah. in baseball. And, yeah, talking that's the sport I get a cover for the news. And um, I'm talking to Coach Lopez beforehand, and uh, they were just, just ready to get going. Um, but then, you know, you talk to them afterwards. After the Monterey game, it's 8-5. to five. Um, It seems like a good offensive battle. But then you look at the stats from that, and uh, Livingston had four errors in that game. You know, and uh, they had – I've got it written down here. Um, let's see. I can't even find it now. I've got it somewhere, but the – I think they had five unearned runs is what it ended up being. Mm. So you only allow three earned. You know, and you score five, so you're you're where you want to be. Yeah. Errors will cost you, and that's what cost them there, dropping eight to five decision. Uh, good night. And, and errors happen a lot more against the good teams than they do against the really bad teams. And you're also open. That's your first game of the year. Yeah. Um, a relatively young team that he's got bringing back. Um not a lot of not a lot of playing experience at the high school level. Guys have played baseball their whole life probably, but not a lot at the high school level. Um, and then, like I say, after the after the Monterey game, which they lost eight to five, uh, they go on a tear and play Red Boiling and Pickett County <laughs> and beat those teams thirty five to two. You look at the stats on that. It, yeah, you have a bunch of names pop up. Yeah, Creed Pierce, Bailey Pennycuff. Zach Raines, Austin Hastings, Nick Brown, uh, Kate Hammock. I mean, you got when you score thirty-five runs in two games, kind of like what I talked about softball. You get a lot of names in there. Caleb, Caleb Webb, Will Jackson. Um, they both drove in three against uh, Pickett. Um, you know, it seems like the leaders of that team are you know probably Kate Hammock and Bailey Pennycuff. You know, especially on with the bats, but sure. they've got a bunch of names that are popping with every every week and every game that passes. But like I said, when you score 35 runs in two games, you're going to get a lot of names. A lot of names in the paper, yeah. And they sure did. Hey, I did all I could do. But, um, yeah, they had a guy throw a, a – uh, let's see here. Against Red Bull and Lucas Copeland throws a no-hitter. Now, it wasn't a perfect game because he allowed a walk. Mm. But he struck out 12 on no hits and only allowing that walk. Um, I thought. They said Red Bowling just wasn't very good. And that was kind of what I talked to Coach Loftus, you know, just to talk about competition with uh, Red Bowling and Pickett. And, and he talked about just, they just didn't have the arms and the bats to, to stay with them at, at this time. Obviously, that could change over the course of the year. Um, but then they go and uh, they drop a, a game at Stone Memorial. I and mean, we'll come back to that or come back to Stone Memorial in general. But by, by six to one, again, four errors. Yeah. Four errors help. Uh, Stonewall score six. Um, that was one of the keys I had right there in that article was of the six runs Stone scored, 
one was an earned run. Wow. So, uh, hey, yeah, hard to, hard to win when you Coach do Coach Otto says the, the difference in the, in the week, eight errors in the losses, none in the wins. Yeah. So, they were two and two last week. Coming into this week, you got a big game at Upman to start the week. Upman, the perennial power in District 8 AA. And me being ignorant to the to what's going on around the baseball team, I've been out of it a little while. I thought, yeah, if we're struggling making errors – and Upman's the perennial power they are. We may struggle here. Um, haven't looked up stats or anything around to catch, but uh, Monday's game promising lose six to five at Upman. So it's you look at that score and you think, hey, pretty good little game right there. Um, so then Tuesday you got to get them at Livingston Academy in the home and home upset them. Upset. Maybe, maybe it's not, upset. Hey, yeah. And maybe it's not an upset. Maybe if you're Coach Jamie Loftus and his Wildcats team, it's not an upset. Maybe you expected it. Maybe you feel like you've got a good baseball team right there. And, uh, you know, you got <coughs> – excuse me. You've got um, – just looking at stats from that game, um, uh, you had a double from Chris Hayes, a triple from Kate Hammett. But RBIs, guys driving in runs, Kate Hammett, Chris Hayes, Bailey Pennico drives in two, and then you've got Nick Brown. But the pitching in that game was – Obviously, pretty good. And uh, you go, Chris Hayes goes five or goes, doesn't say how long it went. That's great. But he allowed five hits, five runs. Only two of those are earned. You know, there's some errors there. Strikes out six. But Creed Pierce comes in, I guess, in relief, is what I would be guessing here. Um, And goes six hits, no, one hit, no one earned runs, and a strikeout, and a walk. So I'm guessing he came in and sealed the deal right there. But I look at this box score right here. The fifth it is scoreless through five or through four. Upman comes out, scores a run in the fifth, makes it one nothing. Livingston answers with three, takes a three one lead. It had to been a had to been a barn burner because you seventh inning here. Upman comes out, scores four runs. Boy, we're down four to three, mm-hmm. and uh, then you've got we come back and score three in the bottom of the seventh, take a six five win. So we get a walk off. There. Wow, great. Hey, Upperman. Anytime you can beat Upperman. I don't care if it's checkers, baby. Yeah. I don't care if it's checkers. But congratulations to the Wildcats on that win right there. That's a big win um, to start out District AAA play. You know, just go one and one. But then they keep the momentum rolling. Beats beat Stone, who beat them who beat last them. Friday yeah. by a score of six to one, by a score of ten or nothing. Yeah, so momentum, a little bit. Very big. Seeing the ball a little better, never know. Of course, then you play red ball in the night. Probably beat them. Haven't bad. So that that should give them a five and three five, record. I would say five and three overall. If they, one if they one beat Red Bull tonight, yeah, and that's a pretty. So, that ain't a big if. <laughs> that's pretty good for uh, the beginning of the season. Absolutely, struggle and not a good year last year. Not a good year last year at all. Finished sixth in District Eight AA. So uh, you know, come back and get a. Get a good week going. Get them up, Get some momentum. Hey, you go three and one in the week. Got to feel good going into the next week. All right. So let's transition to um, so baseball, softball, and boys soccer probably get the most recognition yeah, of the yeah. spring sports um, and other sports that go on is tennis. And I don't have any tennis results. Uh, I don't know if they've played. I know they had a game. Re- uh, whatever they call it in tennis. It probably might be a match. Uh, 
Um, they had plan. it. They had it rain rained out. Him and the him, him and the doll, I think, is in the the rubber match. They, they probably played up there. <laughs> but um, so I don't have any tennis results. I do have uh, one one big track and field result. So on their their first meet of the season, I believe it's called meets at, at track so. and field. Mm-hmm. First meet of the season on Tuesday in Cookville. Livingston Academy. Uh, basketball player and track and field star Emily Jean sets two new Livingston Academy track records. She ran in two different events. She ran in the 200 meters and set a new record in 29.51 seconds. And we have some old. We have a uh, a listing of some of these yeah, track yeah. records. What was the what, what was the previous 31.65 seconds held by Riley Smith. So she smoked that. That's two that's seconds. Over two minutes. No, two seconds. Two, two seconds. I meant seconds. Sorry. God, Strike that. that. Two seconds. That's crazy though. That's a, that's moving. That, that's big. In 200 meters. Yeah. Well, we got to get her an open court. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, also Emily Jean ran in the 400 meters and she set the new track record at one minute and 7.36 seconds. And it's funny because she doubled, the, I guess, doubled those seconds because Riley Smith held that record one minute and 11 seconds, 11.18. Mm. So she beat her by four seconds there and took 200 more meters. And then she's got five or six more chances this season to break her own records. <laughs> I didn't know. You you tipped me off of this and sent it over to me that we have a, a record, I guess, not plaque, I I don't know what we call it. Track, track, and field, track and Field Hall of Fame. Yeah, we'll go with that. In the cafeteria, right? Yes. In at Lewiston Academy. Yeah. Didn't know that existed. So, hey, shout out to Cody Newman, the uh, track and field, is it track, yeah, track and field coach, for getting this because this, I mean, this is pretty neat to look at. I've never, again, knew that it, this existed. I'm not sure back, I'm not sure how far back all of these records go. Most of them well, are in the 2010s here's, and, and 2000s. Here's one that says 2005. He Two, start, did he not start the program overall? Uh, no, I, I don't know. The, the oldest record on the board is cross country in 2002. Oh, I mean, didn't. so it goes all the way back to 2002. I just don't think it was very relevant at all. Nobody did it until he came over. Right. So um, let's let, let's go let's go through some of these. Um, and I meant to have us look up maybe compare the world record times and some of these things. But I mean, uh, Dylan Linder holds the boys' 100 meter dash record. Ten point eight eight. That's not a bad time. Let's, let's just look up. Go ahead and keep. That is not a bad time at all. I, I think he would f- have finished in, uh, you know, against, right. against some, some right. really really good athletes. He would have done well. Usain Bolt holds the record. Sure, I could have nine point five eight seconds. So it's one point three seconds slower. It's not a lot. That's not a lot. Not a lot. But then, then I kind of feel bad here because the women's record, sure, ten point four nine seconds. So Dylan, that's smoking. That's we saw in football pads, and that's right. what you think of him. And, and this is a you know just a high school athlete who hasn't trained that much. Yeah, I think. I mean, he don't he probably don't just focus, ran. He don't focus on this. You know, he played football and uh, basketball some too. So uh, I'm looking up records as we go. By the way. All right, so uh, in that was the, boys, yeah, that was the boys side. On the girls, the side. girls side is Tabitha Anderson fourteen point five three. So nowhere near as fast as that, or the world record. But, but still, it's the Livingston Academy record. She's the fastest girl in at least the last ten years to run uh, that fast in hundred meters. 
So 200 meter, Jared McCann, uh, 200 meter, 2016, 23.52 seconds. Girls side, Riley. Well, no, well, now it's Emily, Emily Jean. Jean. Yeah. Um, 400 meter, Caleb. Uh, oh, by the way, the re- world record on the 200 meter, 19.19. Wow. That's so seconds, man. man. That's not my namesake, is it? He, he was, you know, um, when, when I was a no. kid, 1996 it's Olympics, uh, Michael Johnson was a it big... Was, it was, no, no, they spalled again. 200 and 400 meter guy. Yeah. Now the guy from Tennessee is pretty good too. What's his name? Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Gatlin? No, the guy. Oh. All right, so here's a record that Bolt doesn't have. But anyway, 400 meter, Caleb Lander, I know Caleb, 2007, 53.06 seconds. Riley Smith, formerly, formerly had an animal genes guy. The world record, 43.03, 10 seconds faster than Caleb Lander. Wow. Goodness gracious. Moving. 800 meters. Goodness gracious. It's good. You'd think Usain Bolt would hold all these records. Well, a, a lot of the times, uh, they only focus on one or two. Yeah, like I, uh, I, I Googled 800 meters and I was like, eh, nothing. Hmm. So, for us, Reese Berg... 2011, two minutes and five seconds on the boys. Girls, Crystal Marie Alberson. She also holds the 1600. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are going line by line here, right? Sure, let's, let's For, do uh, We'll highlight them all. Uh, 1600 on the boys' side, Forrest Dillon. I know Forrest. Run, Forrest. <laughs> run, Forrest, run. He was chasing That's what her. his dad's license plate says on the front of his truck. That's For hilarious. Run, That's run, hilarious. Man. Good family right there. Uh, 3,200 meter, Melanie Daniel, 14. God, I, you know what you ought to do with, with after, after 3,200 meters? 14 minutes. I don't know that I could make 3,200 meters. Listen, I don't know that I make 100 meters, but anyway, in 14 minutes and 55 seconds, I think that's why I started keto. Uh, Alex Wright, rest in peace to him, great kid, t- tragedy there, 11 minutes and 24 seconds. And a 32, that's, that's zooming. Yeah, it is. Goodness gracious. Hurdles, I'll be out right here. Yeah. I'll be out like a fat kid in dodgeball. Frank Caney owns the 110 and 300 meter record at Livingston Academy. And uh, the, uh, that's, I can't say that. Jill Jill, Van Domelin, I believe is how you say her uh, name. Yep. 110, 100 meter hurdles. Bray Bray Hunter. Bria Hunter. Bria, minute and three seconds, 300 meter hurdles. Now, so that's all the uh, running records, except for the team records. That, that's all the individual running what records. Eating come in here. <laughs> now we got uh, now we got some uh, jumping records: long jump, triple jump, and high jump. So you know, if you've watched the Olympics before, you know I, I get the long jump. Yeah. I, I get the high yeah. jump. I don't understand the triple jump. What's the point? I don't know. <laughs> where it's like math where are you ever going to use it again? yeah I mean I, I understand all the rest of these things but the triple jump has always just perplexed me on who decided that was an Olympic event you know the, the, why not the, two jumps why not four jumps why three yeah well that's something I could ask <laughs> uh, we need, we need to interview we know. need to interview Cody Newman sometime <laughs> yeah and uh, ask him that question he used to not talk if you listen to this sorry he used to not speak though <laughs> uh, so in the long jump and the triple jump in the boys' side, Caleb Lander he holds, jump. holds both records Literally. for Livingston Academy. In the uh, long jump, 21 feet, 4.75 inches. That's a long, long way. That is that is the high school three-point line. 
for the baseline, for the rim. Wow. That's a long ways. <laughs> Gabby Beatty holds the long jump record. That's a recent record, 2017. Um, she holds the girls' long jump record 12 feet, 10.25 inches. That's, that's a long ways, too. Uh, triple jump is also held by Caleb Lander. On the boys' side, on the girls' side, it is Leah Parker. That's a recent record. Yeah, eight last year. Triple jump and high jump. Yes. High jump on the boys' side is Ryan Harris, 2008. Take a jump. I went to school with Ryan. What's he get up? What's his, what is it? It's uh, six foot two inches. I believe it. He can dunk a basketball. That's he very can, impressive. He Hey, Leah Parker's 4'6". That's still impressive for a girl. It's getting your whole body over yeah. that. I'm not just getting yeah. you touch it with your hand. That's yeah. getting your whole body over that bar without without touching that bar. That's vert- like a, that's your vertical, right? Yeah. I think mine's like one foot two. <laughs> my dad's got some short legs. He didn't help me out any at all. Uh, now we get to some, uh, some of my favorite stuff to watch in the Olympics. You shot put, discus stuff. It's amazing to watch these guys do that. Uh, Jared McCann. Longest shot put in Livingston Academy history, 45 feet, 2 inches. And on the girls' side, Emily Taylor, 31 feet, 3 inches. Crazy. Discus throw. Uh, Jake Mew, 108 feet, That's 10 crazy. inches. That's crazy. I know Jake. Great. He's so strong. That's crazy. 108 feet. And on the girls' side, Heather Burchett, 95 feet, 7 inches. Now we go back to some team running events, the 4 by 100 meter relay. Doesn't say the name of the team members. On the boys' side. On the boys' side. Uh, 46, I guess that's seconds. 46.64 seconds. On the girls' side, it does have the names. only has their last names. Uh, Barlow, Smith, Anderson, and Shirley. 1 minute, 0.12 seconds. 4 by 100 relay. Four by two hundred women, Anderson, Hodges, Smith, Hunt, two minutes eight seconds and okay and forty one I guess milliseconds in. Um, <clears throat> the four by two hundred on the boys side. I think Lay doesn't have names just because he didn't he wasn't here at the time. Could be two thousand five. That's yeah, a long time. Yeah, twenty fifteen. Uh, one minute thirty nine seconds is uh, Brown, Linder, Hollers, McCann. Well, there's two football guys right there that could mm-hmm. that run. Four by four hundred meter relay. Linder, Brown, Hollers, Canton. Almost the same team. Almost the same team. Um, the 4x400 four on the girls' side. Hewitt, Barlow, well, there's a Hewitt. Alverson, Newman. One of best relations. Five minutes and eight seconds. That's, that's Suitman. 800 relay. Uh, almost the same team. Uh, Alverson, Newman, Taylor, Hewitt. Uh, with a 13 minutes, 13 seconds. What's that's I can't. Uh, seventeen, two thousand seventeen, the four by eight hundred meter relay set. Cannon Lender, not not Dylan K Lender, uh, Hunter and Savage. Then uh, I guess that was cross country. Because yeah. I'm not I'm not totally yeah. dumb. Yeah. Um, the steeplechase. Eighteen minutes and three seconds set in two thousand ten by Reese Berg. On the boys' side, uh, girls' side, Deidre Garrett, 2002. So that is the that's our oldest, oldest record that's on this list. Yeah, t- 20 minutes and 26. I guess that's minutes, right? No, that's uh, 20 seconds. I'm an idiot. It'd be right? 20 minutes. No, that'd, be tw- that'd be minutes. 20 minutes yeah, that's a long 26 way seconds. Yeah, if you run out in seconds. <laughs> it's, a, it's pretty quick. Move over, Bolt. 
but 20, 20 minutes and 26 seconds. The Hawkeye Invitational. The record, recent Brooklyn Bilberry, 23 minutes and 59 seconds. And Cross Country Hawkeye Invitational. And then uh, last boys record, 2010, Alex Wright, 18 minutes, 15 seconds in the Hawkeye Invitational. So, hey, I'm just blown away we've got those. That's great to have that uh, there. Yeah, absolutely. I love when we have team records. I'm sure we all do. Coach Riddle, Coach Miller, Coach Loftus, Coach Lamb, probably all the sports over there have records. Love to have them. we got to get in contact with these coaches and get some of these records because that was fun to go through and just think, well, I, I couldn't run 100 meters in 10.88 seconds, maybe 10.88 minutes. Maybe, maybe. Maybe. So that's, that a, that's a quick update on the spring sports season so far. Uh, we got some games coming up soon on all these uh, fronts, uh, soccer, softball, baseball, track and field, and tennis. They'll all be playing in the next couple of weeks, and we'll try to be back uh, on our next episode and recap the uh, exploits and outstanding achievements of some of those players and teams on our next episode. So that'll wrap up this segment on the Hog Eye Sports Show, and we'll be back right after this. Hey, Hog Eye fans. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Please note that all inaccurate statements, poor grammar usages, and boneheaded opinions are completely intentional and are accurate reflections of the hosts. And now back to the show. Well, possum on a gumbush, it's happened again. You've wasted another perfectly good portion of your day listening to the Hog Eye Sports Show. On this episode, we've covered lots of different stuff about Livingston Academy sports and some things outside of Livingston Academy. And let's talk about who we think our tournament champion for the March Madness tournament will be. Yeah, probably by the time we record again, it'll be the final four, so it'll be fun to come back to it. Oh, my heart says my team on the wall right there, University of Tennessee, Grant Admiral, get it done. I just don't see it the way they've played. Not after today. No. I just don't see it. I hate Duke, so that's not going to fly. If I'm going to go with the, I'm going to go Michigan State. Mm, that's who I was going to pick. Michigan State. I've got to go Michigan State. They've played well. I thought they got kind of hoodooed and get a two seed. Thought they should be on a one. I'll go Michigan State. I have my, I've got my Final Four still alive. They were in it. Michigan State, 2019 NCAA Men's. Championship winners. Mm-hmm. If you hadn't picked them, I was going to pick them. Moss got to go back and. Let's. Uh, I would still love to see Tennessee make it, but again, after after the the pasting they got today from the Colgate <laughs> company, uh, and I hope we are wrong. About I that. do too. We totally do. But I'm going to say North Carolina. It's a good pick. It's a good pick. They've got a good little bracket. Anything can happen in March. I mean, Tennessee could come out and be a totally different team for the next three weeks. But I like your pick. North Carolina, hey, beat Duke twice this year. Now, of course, without Zion. But played them close. Good, solid pick right there. <sighs> People can't say we don't know what we're talking about at That's, some point. You know, that... We're well-rounded in what we talk about. You find me another podcast in Upper Cumberland that talks about soccer. Right. Or any other podcast in the Upper Cumberland That's at right. all. That's right. You find me another podcast in the Upper Cumberland, not you, Jackson. Jackson White's got one. But anybody Thanks. else that Speaking doesn't of that, 
We need to bring him on the show. So if you're listening, come on the show yeah, next time. Jackson, shoot me a magic. Let's go. You can be our special guest next time. Try. All right, guys. So if you've got any questions, comments, rants, or recipes, recipes, please send those to hogguysports at gmail.com. Or keto recipes for me. Keto recipes. Yeah, How about that? God, none of them. Um, uh, also, you can send stuff to at Sports on Twitter and Instagram. You can hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Show. You can also send us a voice message via our profile on the Anchor app. We would love to include some of y'all stuff in our future episodes. Tell us who... Or what is your favorite sporting moment of your lifetime? Or you got two or three or all five, do a top five. Yep. Top five sporting moments. Please send those to us and we'll we'll include them in our next episode. Now it's time to pay the bills. This week's Hawkeye Sports Show sponsor has been the Los Pollos Hermanos Chicken Chain. And their slogan, their new slogan is, We sell more than just chicken. You've ever watched Breaking Bad? I hope you get that uh, reference there. Also, we're going to continue with our employee spotlights. So far, we've spotlighted our weatherman, Luke, out a window, and our TSSAA rules liaison, Sasha Payne Diaz. This week's employee spotlight is our. This <laughs> guy had to edit that out. <laughs> Hey, Sasha, Sasha Payne Diaz is my favorite thing we've ever done. Ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> you're going to have to edit all this out because we can't get it done. <laughs> this week's... <laughs> That's how I know you got a good one, thing. It's not really that good. I'm still <laughs> laughing about Sasha Payne Diaz. <laughs> All right, here we go. This week's employee spotlight is our accounts payable administrator, and her name is Imelda Checks. Thank you. Somebody's got to. That's right. I don't know. So, for Josh Scott, this is Michael Johnson, and we will see you on the next episode. So long, friends and neighbors.